Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. How do we go from mountaintop to valley so quickly? One moment I'm up and the next moment I'm down. One moment I'm full of excitement and faith for the future and the next I'm worried and insecure. One moment I'm full of love and gratefulness for my spouse and children and the next I'm short-tempered, irritable, and easily annoyed. One moment I'm passionately pursuing Jesus and the next moment I'm full of sin. One moment I'm Pursuing breakthrough, and the next it feels like my life is falling apart. I pursue breakthrough, I pursue Jesus, but it seems his responses are few and far between. And he certainly doesn't answer on my timeline. And I listen to others say things like, oh, God spoke to me, or God said this or that. And while I struggle at the same time to even understand what scripture says, when I do find the time to read it. And I watch as others are obviously experiencing the presence of God in worship. Some are crying, others are shouting, some are dancing, lifting their hands while I feel nothing. Where is this elusive breakthrough that I've been pursuing? And I know I just spent two weeks talking about the pursuit of breakthrough, about taking hold of Jesus and not letting go. But that's only one part of the equation. And so today I want to present the other side of this pursuit coin and ask the question, who's pursuing who? Did you know that God is for you? I mean, sure, we're all quick to say, yes, God is for us. We're quick to quote the verse. If God is for us. But just like a lot of concepts in Scripture, we understand it intellectually, but we fail to grasp it in our hearts. We say with our mouths, God is for me, but our lives demonstrate that we actually believe that God is opposing me. Listen to me. God is for you. He wants you to break through more than you want to break through. When we're in the midst of the mess, it's difficult to see the big picture. It's one of those can't see the forest for the trees moments. But God doesn't see like we see. He sees the end from the beginning. Listen to to these verses from the ancient prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is speaking on behalf of God to the nation of Israel. And so this historical, this is a historical account of something that God said to a specific nation. He was preparing Israel to be rescued from captivity. And even though these words weren't spoken directly to us, the principles in this passage still stand. Let's read Isaiah 46, beginning in verse 8. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. 
From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. God sees the end from the beginning. And while we're caught up in the day to day, while we're caught up in the weeds, so to speak, he can already see the outcome. He's already planned and he can already see the breakthrough. See, we see sickness, but God sees healing. We see poverty, but God sees provision. We see anxiety, but God sees peace. We look at what we have and say, I don't have enough. And God looks at what we have and says, you have me. I'm more than enough. We feel abandonment and rejection and loneliness. And God says, you're not abandoned. You're not rejected. You're not alone. You're my son. You're my daughter. You've been adopted into the family. You are a joint heir with Christ seated in heavenly places. God is for you. God wants you to break through more than you want to break through. And maybe you're wondering, well, then why doesn't he break through? Why am I having to go through all of this stuff? And as cliche as it sounds, God is preparing us for something. I love this quote from the Mark Batterson book, Win the Day. He says, everything in your past is preparation for your future. Your past and your present circumstances are preparation for future breakthrough. God is for you. He wants you to break through more than you. Once a breakthrough. I've had this message stirring in my heart for several weeks now. But God set me up this week with some real-time examples with our youngest boys. Uh, Bennett has been in some transition at school. We, we moved him from one school to a new school. And there's a very long story about how and why that happened. But ultimately, it was a God thing. And one day, I'm confident, we'll share the testimony of all the miraculous things that God did on our behalf to make this transition It's incredible, the favor of God that has been on this situation. But on Wednesday of this past week, his school has, new school had field day. And the parents are invited to come and to be with their kids. So at lunchtime, we sat down together at a picnic table. And after he finished eating, he went to play on the playground. Now, something you need to know about Bennett, those of you that are new, he's our five-year-old. He's a rule follower and he's very cautious. He's all boy in that he loves cars and trucks and sports and playgrounds. Not that girls can't and shouldn't like those things. I'm just trying to paint a picture for those of you that don't know his personality. So Bennett is more orderly and more cautious. While his little brother, who was four, is more chaotic and act first, think later. Emmett is the one jumping off of the bed onto your back while you're not looking, falling to the floor from five feet in the air, gasping for breath because he's just knocked the wind out of him going, that probably wasn't a great idea. (laughs) So when the boys are on a playground together, Emmett is a little more adventurous while Bennett is a little more reserved. So occasionally when we go to the park or something, Bennett will come across a challenge that he wants to do. You can tell he wants to do it. But his caution keeps him from trying it. And so when I'm on the playground with him, I try to support him and encourage him. Hey, you can do it. Come on, let's go. I'll catch you. Let's go. I'll push you up. Whatever. Right. I want him to get out of his comfort zone. All right. It was a long story. It was a long build up to this short story. On Wednesday, Bennett was on the playground at his new school. He's on this new playground he's not accustomed to. And he was climbing up a wall that had a rope. And there were places to put your feet. But primarily, it was upper body strength and arm strength. 
I'm guessing the platform that he was climbing to was about five feet tall. And I was watching him from the fence from about 30 or 40 feet away. And he got about three quarters of the way up and he got stuck. He didn't know where to put his feet. And I could see the wheels turning in his mind. I could see it on his face. I can't do it. He started to take a step down. And as I stood there on the fence watching him, I was talking under my breath. And I was saying, you can do it, buddy. Come on. Come on, don't give up. You're almost there. You're so close, but he wanted to quit, I could tell. He didn't know I was watching him. He didn't know I was quietly cheering him on. He didn't know that in that moment, I believed he could do it. And while I could have ran out there and cheered him on, I could have ran out there and helped him get his footing. I could have ran out there and gave him just a little nudge. Instead, I let him do it. I let him figure it out. And you know what? He did it. He made it up the rope and I cheered quietly inside. But as his father, I wanted him to break through even more than he wanted to break through. But that moment wasn't the time for me to intervene. It was the time for him to be stretched. So even though God wants us to break through even more than we want to break through, there are moments when we're in the struggle that there's preparation for something that's coming. Our Heavenly Father is no different. All right, so back to the question, who's pursuing who? While we're pursuing Jesus and breakthrough, God has been pursuing us. Since the beginning of time, God has been pursuing intimate relationship with his creation. Adam and Eve destroyed our right standing with God because of their sin. And I won't spend time unpacking all of the theological implications and effects that that's had on humanity. But God immediately implemented a plan to restore the relationship with humanity that was broken by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he has been pursuing us ever since. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God was so committed to pursuing us that he sent Jesus to die on our behalf. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we are attempting to pursue Jesus, he's already pursuing us. He is for us. He wants us to break through more than we want to break through ourselves. 1 John chapter 4, 19 says, We love Because he first loved us. And I think it's safe to say that we pursue, we pursue him because he first pursued us. God is for us, not against us. One of the most famous passages of scripture on the subject of pursuit is found in the book of Luke. It's three weeks in the same book, Johnny. (laughs) Three weeks. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he, doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. 
I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, if you're a church person, meaning you've been in or around church for a long time, you have likely heard these verses more times than you can count. But we do ourselves a disservice when we flippantly read through passages of Scripture quickly, and again, flippantly, just because we've read them a hundred times, already underlined them or heard them preached. But there are others in the room who are not church people. You haven't been around church your entire life, and this language might be new for you. Listen to me. God is pursuing you. There is no place that you can run. You can try to run, but he's going to chase you down. We're like the lost sheep. He leaves the 99 to find the one. And wherever you are, he's committed to finding you. We are like the lost going. He turns on the lights. He sweeps the floor. He moves the furniture. Why? Because you are valuable and he's pursuing you. Now, one of the most sacred things that we have in our house is the remote that controls the Bose soundbar. <laughs> I hate bad, I hate bad sound. And you guys that listen to music from your phone speaker are special people. I don't know, I don't know how you do it and I don't know why you do it. At this point in the technology game, you can get some decent sounding earbuds for fairly cheap. It will increase your sound quality and it will make the rest of us not go crazy. All right, I hate the way that our TV sounds, right? So if you walked into our house and the TV was playing, you probably wouldn't think anything of it. It sounds like a TV. But if I walk in and the Bose is not on and the TV is playing, I notice immediately. Usually when this happens, I'll say, why is the, and Katie's like, I lost the remote. <laughs> this is not a good day. <clears throat> When the Bose remote has been misplaced, this is what happens. I don't finish the show that's going on. I don't finish what I'm doing. I don't table the topic and revisit it later. There have been moments this happened late at night and Katie's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like, I can't, I can't go to bed. We have to find the remote. <laughs> Whatever is going on has to stop and the Bose remote must be found. The lights are turned on. I use my flashlight. I lift up every you know, recliner foot part there is. I'm army crawling all through, over, under, whatever I have to do. If I had to and I could, I would pick the couch up, turn it upside down and shake it to see what would fall out. And I'm only, this, I'm only embellishing this story like a tiny bit. <laughs> this is 95 to 99% true. The remote is of great value to me. And this is what Jesus is describing when he says that this woman lit the candles and swept the floor looking for what was lost, except it's in a much deeper, more profound and meaningful way. God is also pursuing us. And maybe this message seems off the rails a little. Am I preaching about pursuit? Am I preaching about breakthrough? 
Am I preaching about God being for us? Yes. <laughs> All of that. And somehow in my mind, it's all connected and makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense to you, come back next week and I'll try harder. <laughs> the pursuit of breakthrough is the pursuit of Jesus. We cannot, have, we cannot have true breakthrough without Jesus. We spent a lot of time talking about that the past couple of weeks. We pursue him because he first pursued us. And in these long seasons, while we're waiting for the next breakthrough, I want us to be encouraged that God is on our side, that he is for us and not against us. And knowing that God is with me and for me and cheering me on gives me great confidence to keep going. Knowing that he will catch me if I fall gives me the confidence I need to keep climbing. He's pursuing me. He's pursuing you because he loves us. <clears throat> When I accept the fact that he is truly for me and that he wants me to break through more than I want to break through, it changes how I pursue him. It changes how I pursue breakthrough because I know that no matter what, I can't fail. Now, most of you in the room are familiar with Meadowbrook Church. It's one of the largest, most influential churches in our community. Some of you have been a part of their ministry through the years. It's impacted your life very deeply. And those that have been around here for a while have heard the stories of how they have supported us since our inception. There's a lot of fear and anxiety and uncertainty when you start a church from scratch. And when we launched publicly here in this building in 2018, Meadowbrook sent part of their staff to celebrate with us and cheer us on. We didn't know they were coming. They supported us with words, and they supported us with their finances. They, they brought a check that first day. They said, we're for you. We're cheering you on. And then they supported us monthly for an entire year. Every month, the first of the month, we got a check to help us get over the hump. And over the years, they've invested in us over and over again. They've done design work and video work and photography for us. They've sent me personally to multiple conferences at their expense. They've sent ministers to fill the pulpit in my absence. They've counseled with us, offered advice, and given us access to their entire staff, including Pastor Tim, for questions and brainstorming. We didn't solicit their help. They pursued us. They cheered for us. They invested in us. They prayed for us. They believed in us. And I want to say that there have been times along this journey that we didn't believe in ourselves. We often joke that for the first six months, we weren't sure anybody would come back. But it's not really a joke. That's true. What does this have to do with anything? When we didn't believe in ourselves, when we weren't sure that we could make it, when we didn't know if we'd break through to the other side or become another failed church plant statistic, someone larger, more influential, with infinite more experience came alongside of us and said, we're for you. Listen, I know Meadowbrook's not perfect, but there were times in the beginning that Katie and I would talk and it gave us such confidence inside to have someone like them in our corner. Amen. How much more should we be confident because God is in our corner? God is pursuing us. He is for us. He wants breakthrough for us more than we want it for ourselves. Matthew chapter 7, 
Beginning in verse 9, says this, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If we, being evil, can give good gifts to each other, if Meadowbrook Church can come alongside of us and give us good gifts, if we can give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father do it for us? He is for us. He wants us to break through. He wants us to succeed. And look, I don't know about you, but when I read this, this analogy is crazy. Right? There's really no comparison between an earthly father and a heavenly father. But Jesus wants to give us some frame of reference. And at the same time, there are people in the room right now who have no reference for what a good father looks like. So even reading these types of things are very confusing. You're like, I don't, I don't, I don't, there's, there's a disconnect. But he is a good father. And look, I know I've told a lot of stories today. And I'm going to close with this one. And then we're going to sing a song as we end. We live on a budget. Our income is pretty fixed. I'm grateful that our church has been able to support us, support me full time since the beginning. We raised six months of salary before we started. And then that was it. Sink or swim. You're either going to get a job and be bivocational. But God has blessed us. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Our other staff members, Pastor Johnny, Pastor David, including Katie, are very part time, if you even want to call it that. But our family, we're, we're on a budget. And earlier this week, I received a phone call from a funeral director in Orlando. And they were looking for someone to do a Christian graveside service for an elderly man who had passed away and asked if I would do it. He said he chose us because of our Google reviews, so thank you. <laughs> if you haven't left one, now's the time. Not now. Wait till after service. But then... <clears throat> So I talked to Katie about it. I gave us some prayer for thought and I decided I would do it. So when we got to the cemetery, a represent- I said, hey, is this the Horner family? He was like, yeah, it is. And I told him what it was. And a representative of the family gave me $150. Now, this was before the service. I was like, you know, there's no refunds, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I, just, I didn't even know how much it was. Let's put it in my pocket. <laughs> I did the service. I prayed with the family and I left. But now... I had an extra $150 that wasn't in our budget. So what did I do? Later, I went to pick up Emmett from school and we went straight to Walmart. <laughs> See, our younger kids already have enough Hot Wheels cars and monster trucks. We can melt them down and probably make a real car. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need, I mean, like it's, there's a, a laundry basket that's overflowing with monster trucks. All right. They don't need anything else. They're spoiled. They certainly aren't lacking for things that they want. But it had been a long week. A lot of transition with switching schools, etc. A lot of schedule changes. But even in spite of all of that, I just wanted to buy them something. Now, here's the point. The first thing I thought of with the little additional resources was how I could bless my kids. Sorry to my older kids. You guys are, you guys are on your own. <laughs> As I drove to the school to pick up Emmett, in anticipation of how excited he would be, I got choked up and I thought to myself, my God has infinite resources that he wants to share with me. 
What breakthrough am I robbing myself of simply because I don't ask? And when I got to the school, Emmett was on the playground, and he came running to the fence. And I was so excited. And he said, oh, no, I said, I was like, hey, bud, what's going on? Are you a good day? But he was like, I thought mommy was picking me up. <laughs> you, get, you get nothing now. That's what you get. <laughs> Matthew 7 I'm going to ask the team. They're going to come back up. We're going to sing a song. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? God is pursuing you. God is for you. He wants to give you good gifts. God wants you to break through more then you want to break through. And when we get a revelation of how much he loves us and is pursuing us, it should give us great confidence that we can't fail. Breakthrough will come because God is on our side. So who's pursuing who? We pursue him because he first pursued us. God is for you. Can we pray just for a moment? God, thank you for this day. God, I pray that people have been encouraged. God, to know that as we pursue breakthrough and as we pursue you, you're already pursuing us. You want breakthrough for us more than we want it for ourselves. God, those that are facing difficult situations and circumstances, God, I pray that you would begin to turn those things around. Father, you begin to do something supernatural and something significant, Father. Thinking that you are a good Father that we can trust. God, and even if we don't have good earthly fathers and we haven't seen that example, we can fully trust you knowing that you will come through every time. That you'll never let us down as we've already sang about today. Thank you, God, that you are on our side. You're for us, not against us. God, thank you for breakthrough that's happening in our midst right now. Breakthroughs that have happened over the last number of weeks. Breakthroughs that are going to happen in the future as we continue to pursue you. We thank you. Would you stand on your feet just for another couple of moments? We've been singing this song a lot the past couple of weeks. Pastor David sent it to me. I'd never heard it before. And it was such a powerful song. Praying God come It's turn to sleep at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.